Welcome to the 5 for 2 podcast with me, your host Adele, where we say no to careers where you're trading five days of misery for two days of fun. A place we discuss all things career, confidence and money moves. I want to motivate, teach and empower ambitious women to achieve more, earn more, feel more confident and enjoy the work they do. It's all about believing you can have everything you want in your career and then going and getting it. So if you're ready, let's get into it. So guys, today I am super excited to be interviewing the lovely Ashley Spencer, who you guys already know I did a podcast with on her podcast and now we're doing one over on my podcast, although we'll probably both share it on ours. Ashley, literally from the first time I heard her speak in a group program that I met her in, I felt like we were soul sisters and I just knew that (laughs) we were going to get on and we were going to know each other for a really long time. Ashley is a success and mindset coach. She's absolutely amazing. I'm going to let her continue and introduce herself and tell you guys everything that she does. So over to you, Ashley. Hi. <laughs> it's so funny being on the other side of this. I'm used to the one doing the questions. Yeah, so I have fairly recently pivoted to mindset and success coaching. I used to be a personal trainer. I used to do mainly health and fitness coaching. And I've always kind of been a success and mindset coach in the background. And my clients would always say, you're not just a personal trainer or you're more than a personal trainer. And I felt like the health and fitness side, although it was a passion of mine, it was never in isolation. There was always the mindset work. There was always the confidence work. There was always something bubbling underneath. And especially over lockdown, that started to come out more. And then it just made it more apparent that that's where my passion was to focus more on that. So now that's what I do. I do business coaching with some people. I do confidence coaching with some people. I do an element of career coaching with some people. And I absolutely love it. (laughs) It's a dream. (laughs) Amazing. And I love that you just said it's a dream because that leads me so nicely into one of the questions I have for you. So guys, on this episode, we're going to be talking about all things transitioning into entrepreneurship. How do you choose? How do you decide if it's for you? So it's basically employment versus entrepreneurship, but also the journey. How how do you make that step? How do you know? Should you have always known? So we're going to be covering quite a lot. So get involved. If you're thinking of a career change or you've ever thought of entrepreneurship, this is the place to be. Um, And even if you've never thought of entrepreneurship, this is still the place to be because there are going to be some surprises that I'm sure that come up um, when we get into this chat. So first question, Ashley, do you believe in dream jobs? I do believe in dream jobs, but it's dream jobs, plural for me, because I don't believe there's a dream, one thing for anyone. I don't think there's a dream job for anyone. I don't think there's a dream house for anyone. I don't think there's like one soulmate for everyone. And I'm I'm learning and realizing this more the older I get and the more I work with people that I think we get really obsessed on finding like the one thing we're supposed to do, the one job we're supposed to do, the one place we should live, the one person we should be with, not saying that you should be... Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
not saying like you necessarily should have multiple partners, but we're always so focused on like, what is the one thing that I should be doing with my life? And what is like my dream job? I don't think there's one dream job for everyone. I think there's multiple dream jobs, but that all align with the same purpose. And I feel like this is similar to what we spoke about a few weeks ago. I think there's one purpose for everyone, but it can manifest itself into different jobs depending on where you are in your life, depending on how experienced you become, depending on what different personal and professional experiences you have and how old you get. And I think everyone should be able to experience multiple dream jobs. And I do think they exist, but I don't think that there's just one for everyone. Oh my gosh. I love your answer. And I also love the fact that you just proved what I was talking about. The fact that I feel like you're always in my mind and we always think exactly the same. (laughs) I love that just because I literally wrote a post recently that I haven't even posted yet, but I was talking about dream jobs. And the thing I said was dream jobs can be multiple, like stop putting one job on a pedestal and thinking you've got to do it forever. I've had multiple dream jobs because the job I loved at 18 is not the job I loved at 31. And also it's just like relationships. The person you're with at 18, hopefully is not the same, but unless you met your soulmate and like, fine, fair enough. But most of us, the person or the people we dated when we were like 18, 21, 22, are definitely not the same people that we dated in our late 20s and early 30s and late 30s. Like, no, I feel like everything is changeable. And sometimes we put our dream jobs on this pedestal. And then when the dream job turns into a nightmare, which happens because we just don't love it anymore, then we're confused. But actually, as you evolve, your career can evolve, your dream can evolve. And I agree with you, your purpose is what will keep leading you to the dream job. As long as each job has a little bit of what your purpose is, it will lead you Mm -hmm. into that. So I love your answer so much. I absolutely loved it because that's exactly how I feel. I don't feel like there's one dream job. I feel like there are multiple dream jobs. And I feel like some people might find one job and do it forever. But most of us, if we're honest, something that we loved maybe 10 years ago isn't the same thing that we love now, but we feel like, oh, you've made your bed, so you've got to lie in it. And actually... You don't? Well, exactly. And we we should. There's a quote and I can't remember who it's by and I can't remember the exact wording, but it's something like if you're not changing, you're not growing or if you're not changing, you're not progressing because we're supposed to change. And I think I actually read a really good book and I brought it with me, even though I've read it because I like to reread it. <laughs> I like a book um, and it's by a psychologist called Benjamin Hardy and it's called personality is not permanent and it's all about how your personality will change as you change will change as you get older will change as you do different jobs meet different people have different experiences and how you should encourage yourself to change and I think some people think their personality is is set and when they when you think that you box yourself into to one category of different things and you might say oh you know I'm introverted so I can't do this job I'm shy so I can't do that job 
I'm not that confident, so I can't do that job. And people don't give themselves a chance to be flexible with who they are and to do different things because of that. They think, okay, I'm this person. I was born this way. This is how I am. This is how I'll always be. So I'll stay in this little box. I'll do the things that the stereotype of my personality should do. And that doesn't always align with the types of jobs that maybe are meant for you but you're just not going for them because you think you don't fit into that box. And I think that's what stops people as well. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. I definitely want to read that book because it's so weird that you said that. I definitely put myself in a box. So because I was growing up introverted and shy, so both, I always thought that introverted meant shy when I was younger until I really grew and understood. So I was always been the introvert and I was shy and I just put my head down, got on with it and did what I was supposed to do. But then I started to become more outgoing and I was like, oh, and then when people would say to me, oh, you're not shy, I would always be like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. (laughs) And I would argue because I didn't feel comfortable getting out of this box that I built myself in because certain behaviors that I did was always because, oh, because I'm shy. I do this Mm -hmm. because I'm shy. I can't do this because I'm shy. Even when I started to become a coach and I had to go on Instagram, I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to do a live because I'm shy. But actually I had already done, I do speaking engagements in person and I love them. I train, I'm a first aid trainer. So I train like groups of like 20 people and I've never had a problem. But inside I kept saying, I kept the same narrative. I'm shy, I'm shy, I'm shy. I'm introverted. There's no way. But actually I evolved. (laughs) My personality evolved. And the minute I accepted that I'm still an introvert, but I'm an outgoing introvert. So I'm an introvert because I like me time. I like being by myself. I'm energized by my own thoughts and my own feelings and not having the chaos of other people's opinions. But I am really outgoing now. Like I enjoy talking online, doing my podcast. I'm doing things that in my head, a shy introvert shouldn't be doing. And I'm still shy, even though people are like, no, you're not. I still have shy moments. And I think I've understood it now where in some situations I can be shy but I'm not shy all the time. And I think that like the fact that you said about the personality evolves, I think that's really important because even though I'm outgoing, I can still be shy. Like I can still have times and moments where certain situations trigger that shyness where I'm like, no one look at me, no one talk to me, I want to hide. So I feel like that's such an important thing. And I feel like it's important when it comes to your career because you'll choose careers based on what you think your personality is, right? And that's almost what, that would have been the thing that would have stopped me from going into coaching because I've had basically, basically that exact journey with my shyness and even people now. And I, and I actually went through a phase as well of thinking, is this really who I am? Like, is this real or am I going to come across as being fake? Because people know me as being quiet and shy, but on Instagram, I'm not quiet and shy. So are people watching that thinking, who's this person? Like, this isn't what she's normally like. Or And then you start getting in your head about what other people think of you because not everybody understands that you can be different in different situations. It's like having anxiety. Like, I have anxiety, but I don't have anxiety in every situation that I'm in. It will peak in situations and then it will be really low in other situations. And I think getting to know yourself has to be a huge, huge part of making that decision because I think you can very easily get yourself confused if you don't understand. I don't want to say personality type because I don't believe that there's necessarily personality types because you can be different in different situations, but understand 
what kind of personality you have in different situations and how you can use that to your advantage and not get caught up in labeling yourself as shy, as quiet, as introverted, as extroverted, because you can hold yourself back really easily yeah. when you start labeling yourself as those things. So funny, I went through exactly the same thing that you just <laughs> that's so weird that is so weird that we went through the same way but literally I evolved from being this super shy kid this super shy like teenager young adult into still having shy moments but not mm. being shy and the fact that you said that you can use your personality in like you can use it to your benefit I feel like that triggered something in me because I suddenly thought going on Instagram live I was still super shy like it took me months to go live but the thing that made me do it is I'm really determined. I have this streak in me that is so determined and I have to make things happen if I decide I want them to happen. And that's what made me go live. I didn't suddenly overcome the shyness. Like my first few lives, I look like a deer in the headlights. I keep them on my page because it reminds me of how far I've come. And, but actually, yeah, you just made me think of that. The fact that it wasn't actually overcoming the shyness, but my determination, the other side of my personality that is also really strong was like, are we going to not do the thing that you want to do because you keep labeling yourself as shy? Is that, what, is that really what's about to happen? And I kept talking to myself and my determination said to me, yeah, we're not going to like, I'm going to do this regardless. And then I'm going to have to figure out the rest afterwards. So I love that you said that. But some people don't have that. Yeah. So you have you have those other strong sides of your personality that will override yes. maybe the less stronger sides of your personality. So you encourage yourself to do things, but not everyone has that. Agreed. And I think that's what holds them back. Agreed. And I definitely didn't have that when I was younger. Mm. Between sort of 18 and 22, 23, maybe, even maybe a little bit older, I definitely didn't push myself out of that box. I was like, I'm shy. This is all I can do. The reason I love working with children, because at the time I was working with kids um, and teaching, I was like, because kids don't judge me. I can, if I'm shy, the kids don't know. Whereas adults, I felt they could pick up on it. But I was like, well, kids don't know that I'm shy. And they're smaller than me. So they don't make me as anxious and as shy. Whereas adults made me feel more like, <gasps> and a bit more shy and I didn't want to speak. So I think I kept myself in that box for a really long time. Even when I first wanted to change, because I decided I had one personality. And I love the fact that you said there's hundreds of personalities and you you can't box yourself in. You have to look at all areas of your personality and use it to your advantage. Like, I love that. So that being said, like the fact that you were really shy and you're still like, from what you said, you still have shy moments or you're still shy. But when you show up online, you're not shy at all. And then I feel exactly the same. When I show up online, people are like, you're a liar. You're not shy at all. And I'm like, well, I actually am. Because if you knew me in real life, my real friends are like, I can't believe you're online. So I feel like that being said, was becoming an entrepreneur something you always wanted? No, not at all. <laughs> not not oh. even in like it was it was never on my radar. Like and and I had to go through a bit of a, a lot of inner works happens. Um I had to go through this as well, and I had to work through this because when you hear people like entrepreneurs, business owners on podcasts, on interviews, on videos, pretty much all of them that I've listened to have said, I always knew I wanted my own business. I always knew I had that streak in me. I used to, you know, get my mom to buy me sweets and then sell them in school. I always wanted to make more, oh, like God. I was always yes. really sad making money. And I thought, I, that never entered my mind at all. 
I never cared about making money. I never cared about having my own business. No one in my family had their own business. And I even remember, actually, I feel like I don't have a lot of memories from when I was younger, but I vividly remember being in sixth form and having to go in sixth form and you have to choose the subjects you're going to do. And one of the subjects was business studies. And I always remember, and and I remember the... um, that subject being full it was completely full and I always remember that remember thinking why do people want to do business studies like I don't get it what is business studies why do people want to study business like I just didn't it was so far off my radar that I didn't understand why other people wanted to do it that's (laughs) I get it I totally relate (laughs) Which is crazy because I couldn't imagine now it being any different. Well, it was never, ever, ever anything that I wanted to do, anything that I thought I would do. And again, a lot of that was down to my personality. I feel like I was built to be in the background but I was okay with that. It was. It's not like a sad thing. Like, oh, I wasn't meant to be like the front man. It's not a sad thing. I was happy being the B person or the C person. I was happy being like the nerd on the laptop in the background. Like I was happy being that person. I never, I never thought I belonged in the front and I never wanted to be in the front. So to be here now is shocking still. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> ever this I love this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you because exactly what you said everyone's online talking about the fact they always wanted to be entrepreneur I've got friends that own their own businesses and they knew from a really young age I'm exactly like you I always knew in my in my heart and in my soul I was going to make someone else's dream massive and that was in turn going to make my dream massive. I was going to be run a company, be the person who everyone went to, but the person in the background who made the money who, and I always wanted to be, the more I worked, I always wanted to be in management. I always kind of wanted to be in charge because I liked the fact that when you're in charge, you show other people how to do things rather than you necessarily doing every part of it. I loved operations and I like seeing how things go together but I always was in the background I'm the person who will people sometimes say like you'll do the job of five people but I'm like no but this is what I love to do I like being behind the scenes and getting it done and making it happen and that's who I've always been and I still am that person and it's really weird because it's like how can you be that person and the coach who shows up on Instagram and but I still feel like the fact that, and I don't know if you relate to this, but the fact that we help people to be successful, we've just transferred that from mm. employment to entrepreneurship. Because yeah. as an employee, I just wanted to be the best at everything I did, but I never wanted to be in the front. I just yeah. wanted to be the best employee, the best manager, the best person. I'm, I'm kind of, I never thought of it, but now I do sometimes that I kind of have that little perfectionist trait. When it comes to my nine to five, like I always wanted to be like, okay, you did an amazing job. I don't really want to be the person who's like, oh, you did it wrong. I'm like, no, 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 let's do it right. And I feel like nobody talks about that. Everyone says, it's almost like if you didn't know you wanted to be an entrepreneur when you were younger, it's not going to happen for you because it's not natural for you. But I think that you can evolve. Like, how did you evolve into like it wasn't in your thought process? So you never thought you were going to run a business. So how did you go from I'm going to be in a nine to five, be that B or C person in the background who 
even sometimes runs the show without running the show, like, but is the person who's pushing everything forward and building someone else's dream. How did you go from that mindset to actually now I'm going to be in front? I'm going to be the person. (laughs) The ambition was always there. And I think that's a huge part of it. I was always super ambitious. So just because I didn't want to have my own business, and I think it was different then. Like I'm not, I'm not old, but we are talking about a time where there was no social media. It wasn't like it is now. It wasn't a case of, you know, anyone could run a business. It was, there was a stereotype. I mean, it could, but to the public, there was a stereotype of a person that would have a business. And it, it and we necessarily back then probably wouldn't fall into that category. So it was, it was a different time back then anyway, but the ambition was always there. The drive was always there. The determination was always there. I was always working, always doing something. Even when I was in uni, I was, I was in uni doing my full-time degree I had a part-time job in a doctor's surgery and I had two internships. I had an internship that I would do either before or after uni or work. And then I had a weekend internship. So I was full pelt seven days a week. Are you going to tell me? I'm actually laughing. Guys, I'm laughing. And me and Ashley, we're on Zoom. So Ashley can see me. I'm laughing while she's speaking because when I was in college, I had three jobs. I did the exact same thing. I used to go in the morning to one job, go and study all day, then go in the evening to the other job and on the weekend work another job. Literally, I feel like (laughs) you're talking and I'm like, are you you reenacting my life at this point? (laughs) Like, Ashley, do you know my life? But I love that you were that ambitious. Like people don't understand that level of ambition. People will be like, oh, it's because you want to hustle. No, I didn't even know what hustle culture was when I was doing all that stuff. I didn't know what burnout was. I just knew that I loved it and I had free jobs and I could buy my first car and I could do all this other stuff. Oh my God. So yes, back to your free jobs. Sorry, I couldn't stop laughing because I was like, ah. <laughs> And all of those, like obviously, and they weren't even all for money. Like my, obviously my doctor surgery job was for money, but it was part-time. My degree cost me money. My weekend internship was for free. I didn't get paid for that. The only thing I got paid for was my part-time job and then the weekday internship that I got, which was a short-term thing. So regardless of whether I was getting paid or not, and I remember when I met my boyfriend, it will have been in my last year of uni. Mm -hmm. And I remember always trying to organise to see him. but I was never free because I was always like either work and I always remember him saying to me like you're you're always busy like you're always doing something and I was always either volunteering or I'd find something to do that was kind of closely related to my degree just to get as much experience so I was never afraid of working hard I was never afraid of working for free I was always super ambitious and it was always my goal to get really high up within a company So it was always a goal to get to the top of somewhere. But in my head, it was always the top of a company. It was always within a business. And I think going from that to working for myself, the goal wasn't to work for myself. Working for myself was a byproduct of me deciding that I wanted to coach. So I didn't decide to coach because I wanted to be self-employed and I didn't want a manager anymore. I went into coaching because I wanted to be a coach. And by default, that meant being self-employed. 
So even when I went into it, it was still unintentional. I it was still not. Explain that. Hmm? I never thought of it like that. I really like the way you explained it because I never hmm. thought of it like it was unintentional. But I agree. Hmm. I didn't actually intentionally decide to be self-employed. Yeah. And I never thought of that. People but... do. Yeah. Some people. Some people decide that I don't want a boss. I don't want a manager. I don't want to answer to anyone. That necessarily wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to help people and I wanted to be in a different industry and I wanted to do something where I felt like I was doing something good in the world because I felt like even though where I was, I thought it was my dream job. Like I went into it thinking, this is my dream job. Like, wow, I've got my dream job. Like I actually thought that was it and that was going to be me for life. It It wasn't a case of I didn't want to work for a company anymore but working for a company just didn't align with being a coach. I love so that. So even then yeah. it was an accident. I love, I, I totally get that. I totally get that because someone asked me the other day, um, because obviously I still work part-time in my nine to five. And they said to me, are you going to go full-time at some point in coaching? And I said, I might, I might not, because I can still work for someone. Mm-hmm. I can still be managed because being an entrepreneur was by default, like you said, I just wanted to be a coach and I wanted to help people and I started doing it and it was great and it's continued to be great. But it isn't that I intentionally said, I want to run a business. I always used to think like, I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to run a business. I always felt like, and I was taught that employment is safe. Mm -hmm. I think the pandemic helped throw that on its head, but I was always taught employment is a safe option. Do what's safe. Because if the business goes under, your boss goes under, but you were the owner, but you can go and be a boss or a manager somewhere else. Like you don't have to worry about the VAT and the taxes and all the extra stuff. So I personally was taught through what I saw in my family and through conversation that employment was great. And then my ambition, just like yours, was what propelled me. I always wanted to be in charge. I always wanted to be the top of my game. I always wanted to be the person that everyone goes to, the person who is supporting the running of the show. <laughs> like I always was that, I was always super ambitious. Yeah. But yeah, I never, I like the way you explain the fact that you became an entrepreneur by default because you decided to choose a job that you really wanted and then figured everything else out around that. And I think that's so important. When I talk to people about career pivoting, my point is you choose the job you want and then you make it work for you. You don't scare yourself by saying, well, I can't do this and I can't do, no, decide what you want and then figure out the route to get it. I always say all the time, side doors were made for a reason. There's, you don't have to go in a straight line and there's more than one way to skin a cat. Like literally I say to my clients all the time, there's a side door for a reason. You're not always going to take the most traditional route into something, but figure out the route that is best for you. And I love that that's basically what you did. Like you figured out, like, I don't necessarily want to be an entrepreneur, but this is my job. And now, now that you've transitioned, how does, how does it feel? How does it, how does it feel once you went from obviously being in that mindset of being in corporate or, you know, working for someone, how did you now get into the entrepreneur mindset? It was, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, no, I'm fully there. And I'm like, wait, like I'm still working on it because to not have that natural entrepreneurial streak, mm-hmm. it's, it's a skill. 
it is a skill. Not everyone can do it. And I always say this to people as well when they think, oh, you know, I want to run my own business. Like I want to have, it's very trendy now to have your own business because it's so much easier than it used to be to start your own business. Mm. Not that easy to run your own business. And I think with social media, it's amazing that we can use it as a free platform. And basically people have, people are making millions just because like just from using social media, like it's amazing. But on the other side, it's also given a bit of a warped idea of what being an entrepreneur is or being self-employed is. And I think it's, it's luring people in or it's becoming attractive to people who don't understand how much work actually goes into the back end. So I think for me, it's still a learning process for me, it's still something now that I have to get used to because I'm very, I'm very much like you. I like the operations. I like getting my head down. I like doing the job. I think being front facing on social media for me, even though I'm more confident in it, it's still the hardest part for me. Selling yourself for me is still the hardest part because that's still where my shyness can kick in. Whereas actually doing the coaching, creating the courses, doing the stuff in the back end, making the websites, doing the ops, like I absolutely love all that. And if I could just have, if I didn't have to go on the front end and bring the clients in, that would be the perfect, (laughs) that would be the perfect, perfect things for me. Because sometimes, and some days, and especially on days where like, you can't be bothered speaking to anyone, especially if you're more introverted, like you want to just be with yourself in your own space, in your own energy. There's some days where I just sit and think, I wish I could just do my job without the front end side. I wish I could just coach and help people without that front end side, but that's not an option. Like it has to come with both. So the journey is still one that I'm on the learning I'm still in that learning process but to be where I am now and to know that I can leave the country for a month without having to pull a put a holiday form in you know I don't have to worry about going going on holiday and coming back to an inbox full of emails because I manage my own work I manage my own time not having people asking me things and asking me for things all the time the aspects of being self-employed in that way I now can't imagine ever going and working for someone ever again. I'm not saying it won't ever happen because, again, I don't know where I'm going to end up. Um, And, you know, even with coaching, you can end up getting contracts with companies like you just don't know. But I can't imagine now that I've done the two, I can't imagine ever choosing to go back into employment. Right. See, and this is what like guys if any of you missed two really key things that Ashley said when you become an entrepreneur it is hard people think about oh I got all this freedom and no no no. when you go to your nine to five you work nine to five you go home you can chill out unless you've got a crazy boss who's like emailing you and expecting you to respond in the evening but either way you can switch off when the pandemic hit you was worried about your job companies were worried about their entire business closing down and losing everything they built from the ground up like someone who owns a small business was worried about you can go and get another job 
someone who's run a business, it is hard. The fact that people don't talk about, people talk about the holidays and the freedom. People don't talk about the amount of hours you end up putting in. (laughs) You don't have a boss anymore, but you become your own boss because if you don't do the work, and sometimes that means 12 hour days and 10 hour days when you first start, if you don't do that work, who else is going to do it? And I think people don't understand that part of the entrepreneurial journey when you first start out. You don't have a team when you first start out unless you're fortunate. But when you start out, it's you and it's hours and hours of work. You're the person who has to come up with all the ideas because it's your business. You're the person who's doing all of the extra work. And Ashley was saying she likes the operational side just like I do. So I enjoy all the back end stuff and all the paperwork and all the, but not every entrepreneur, some people become an entrepreneur because they're like, I don't want to have to do all this work that I do for my boss. You're going to do three times the amount of work. So I hope nobody missed the fact that Ashley was really clear. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Not that I'm saying you shouldn't do it, but just remember you trade one thing for another. So you may trade freedom for having to now do the whole operations of your business because you're now HR, your marketing, you're the social media manager, you are every department, your payroll, your accounting, your every department, because you've now become an entrepreneur. So you trade things. I think that's really, really important. Like if you miss that guys, Ashley was really clear. It is hard to be an entrepreneur, but she also said that now she feels like she wouldn't go back and that she doesn't 100% know, even though she doesn't feel like she'll go back right now, in five years time, we could be having a conversation with her and she could be working for someone else doing her coaching within a business because Ashley's open to evolving and understanding that you can choose something now and absolutely love it. And in 10 years, not love it anymore and do something else. And that's okay. And I just don't want that to go over people's head. The understanding that our choices, we can be rooted in our choices now and be a hundred percent sure about them. Like 1 million percent sure. Like I'm a million percent sure I'm doing the right thing right now. In 10 years, it might not be the right thing anymore. And I might be like, well, you know what, Ashley, I've now decided to do this. Um, I think the fear for people of judgment, the fear of how other people are going to criticize them and how embarrassed they'll be is so such a big deal. But I feel like if two introverts can sit here, two people that class themselves as being quite shy, can be quite introverted, just like Ashley, I will, I would be so happy if I could trade in all the front facing stuff. If you said to me, just coach and do the back end stuff, the, like the landing pages and all that, uh, all day, do the website, do the landing page all day. I'm a little nerd on my computer and just coach. I love coaching. I always say when people get on a call with me, it's always going to go well. I don't well, I do not do like sales calls if that's what they want to call them because I feel like when people get on a call with me, they know instantly whether I'm the coach for them or not because that's where I shine. That's my, that's my arena. That's where I'm the most comfortable. I know how to coach people. But showing up on Instagram and sometimes I don't want to be there, guys. I'm an introvert. Sometimes I just want to, I can hide away for weeks and weeks on end. But having my own business means I cannot do that. And it means I've had to trade because hiding away, because in my nine to five, I could hide away. Like I could turn up at work, just do my work and not really talk to anyone and then go home and I could protect my energy. But in my business, I can't disappear for like a month or two months. In my nine to five, I've been lucky enough to have a career where I worked my way up and I don't have to put in a holiday form because I'm the person who I'd put the holiday form into. So I don't have someone I need to go to. And I always wanted that freedom. I always wanted to be able to be my own boss in a way. But although I'm employed by someone, I literally 
decide when I want to be off. I decide like different things and, and it's great, but it means I can protect my energy. If I don't want to go in one day, I can say to them, I'm not coming in. I'm working from home. Whoever needs me, message me, jump online, talk to me remote. You can't do that in an online business. If you run an online business and you're not showing up, it's going to slow your business down a lot because you do kind of people, especially as a coach, people want to know who you are. They want to see your face. So I think the fact that an introvert can say to you, she's chosen the job she loves and there are still parts of it that she doesn't love. And I don't want anyone to miss that gem. Like she's found a job she loves but there are still parts of it that she doesn't love. And that's what a dream job is. People have this image that your dream job is all perfect. There's never a problem. And if they go to a job and 90% of it's good, but 10% isn't, they'll be like, well, it must not be my dream job. Actually, 90% of coaching is my dream. There's 10% of it that isn't my dream, but I'm happy to go with that 90% if it gives me the dream. And just, you know, trade that little 10%. So I think that's really important. You've got a dream job, but it's not a dream all the time. No, and it's like that quote when people say, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's absolute bullshit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you can... (laughs) And I I actually remember posting that, like, years ago when I started personal training, because it was just like, it literally, when I started doing it, it was like, wow, this is what I was supposed to be doing all along. No, it feels because I love it so much. It's like I'm not getting as tight, even though I'm working. I was working 15 hours a day. Wow. I was leaving with a smile on my face still. Like I wasn't, I didn't feel drained by it because I loved it so much. And I was like, wow, this is what that quote means. And then (laughs) (laughs) when you start actually getting into the nitty gritty of thinking, okay, I actually have to now keep this up, starting it's exciting, then you have to retain it. Yeah. You have to, you know, not necessarily like compete with people on like a one-to-one basis in terms of like comparing yourself, but you still are competing with like hundreds and thousands of other people, especially when you're working online. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you think you found what you love, but it feels hard, that's okay. Oh my god. It's supposed to feel hard. Like don't think that it's the wrong thing because it feels hard, because Anything that requ- anything that's going to get you success is going to be hard, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, it's going to feel hard in some way, not all the time, but a lot of the time. So don't, also don't let that put you off or don't let that deter you from something that you know deep down you're really passionate about because it's going to be hard and it's supposed to be hard because if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it and everyone would be a millionaire. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> I love that you said about that quote, you mm. will work a day in your life, even if you find something you love, because there's going to be parts of it that you're just like, what the hell, this is hard. And yes, stuff you love still is hard. That's like saying, when we get into relationships, you can find your soulmate. It's still hard. Like, it, Oh, you find your soulmate and never again will you argue. Come on, guys, let's apply real life situations to your career, just like you would in your relationship. You can have the greatest relationship. There's still going to be tiny issues. There's still going to be times when you argue. They might not seem major to other people, but it's still going to be time because things are hard. Relationships are hard. So why shouldn't, why wouldn't your career be hard? Your career is a massive part of your life. Just like if you get married and you have a husband and that's a massive part of your life. 
your career is huge. Your career dictates a lot of what you're able to do. So of course, there's going to be times when it's hard, whether that's physically hard or mentally hard. Even if you love it, it's going to be hard. I'm a mum to a teenager, love her to death. Oh my God, but she's the hardest job I've ever done in my life. So anyone who thinks the things you love are not hard, you can borrow my teenager for the day. Um, but I absolutely love her. That's my why. That's my, like, I love my daughter. I say to people sometimes, that's the first, when I had my daughter, that was the first time I really understood what love meant. And mm. the reason why now, well, since then, relationships were quite easy for me to leave because that love is an all-consuming love. But... <laughs> It is also one of the hardest, most frustrating, most stressful jobs I've ever done in my life. I'm not the type of parent that will say, yeah, it's easy. Oh my God. And I've only got one. So when I look at my friends who have got five and four kids, and I'm like, how? Because it's stressful. So the things you love are supposed to be hard work. It is hard work, but it feels so beneficial. I feel like the reward outweighs the the bullshit that you've got to go through. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between having a job that you love and having a job that you hate is that at least on the job that you love when you've done the shit stuff, you feel so fulfilled and so rewarded and you're still glad that you did it. Whereas when you're in a job that you hate, you do the shit stuff and then you still hate it and you don't get anything for it and you still feel underpaid and undervalued and overworked. Exactly. It's all crap. (laughs) Yeah. It's all crap. That's the difference. It's not like one's easy and one's hard. They're both hard. Yes. But one's rewarding and fulfilling and one isn't. And that's the difference. So choose your hard. I say that all the time. Choose your hard. Whenever I see posts that are like, choose your hard, that's exactly what it means. Careers are hard. Entrepreneurship's hard. Doing a job you love is hard. Doing a job you hate is hard. But choose your hard. Because one of them, at some point, you'll feel good about. A career that you love but is hard, you will still enjoy it. A career that you hate that's hard, I don't even know how people stick it out. I know people that have been in jobs for five, ten years and absolutely hate it. And I'm just like, ooh. I thought I was bad sticking out a job for like three years that I hated. Like, let alone, like, years and years and years and years and years. So, Oh, guys, I hope you're you're all catching all of this because like Ashley's so honest and so real and we're not talking about what the standard entrepreneur talks about. Most entrepreneurs will get on here and let you guys know, oh, we've always wanted to do this and we knew it the minute we started and it was so easy and once you become an entrepreneur, life is like rainbows and unicorns. No, we're telling you what's <laughs> real and giving you a real view so you can make like real decisions because I'm such a believer in offering up what I've learned in my journey and hopefully that helps someone in their journey. And um, because if you're real about it, then people are getting both sides of it. They're understanding. Cause I think people feel like they're making mistakes in their career when they're not loving every minute of it. When actually people come to me and I'm like, it's not an industry change you want. You just don't like your company because actually they love their job, but they've gotten into this because society's like, you have to love it and never, it should never be hard. There should be no hard elements. And now that narrative has made people think like, well, what am I doing wrong? And again, like you said, it's pushing people into this entrepreneurship thinking that's the easy option. And then when they're burning out and it's not working, they're totally confused because they're like, but everyone said that I was supposed to love this because it was going to give me freedom. Mm. It was going to give me this and it's not going to be hard. And then when it is hard, I think people get this massive shock because they realize that sometimes your nine to five is exactly where you need to be. And sometimes entrepreneurship is exactly where you need to be, but it has to be what works for you. And I think that's really specific. Everyone's not meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, And saying that, do you think that all business owners have to have certain attributes? 
do you think you have to have specific attributes to own a business? I think there's, there's certain things that you have to be willing to do. I don't necessarily that you have to naturally have those attributes. I think if you do have some certain attributes, it's going to be easier for yeah. you and possibly quicker for you to get to a certain level. But I don't think you have to have ingrained in you certain attributes because again people are flexible humans are the biggest adaptation machines like we can change and adapt so much that there's nothing you absolutely already have to have in order to make it work you just have to be willing to learn certain things and to do certain things like for example if you are I would say my partner is a natural born entrepreneur right he's super confident he's a risk taker he's quite impulsive and I think they're the common stereotypical attribute of successful entrepreneurs because you have to be able to take risks you have to trust yourself you have to be able to hold yourself in certain situations around certain people you have to be able to invest but they're all things that can be learned Agreed. you have to be willing to learn them if you're not a natural born risk taker, I'm not. Maybe I'm not naturally very impulsive. I'm not naturally very confident. I've had to learn all of those things like skills. And I've had to develop those sides of my personality that didn't naturally already exist to make me suit more of the stereotype of that person and I'm not I'm not all the way there and I don't think I'll ever be all the way there because that's not naturally in me and I'm not going to force myself to become 100% those things because I don't want to be 100% those things but I do think there's things you have to be willing to do that make you uncomfortable things you have to be willing to learn but I don't think you naturally have to already have those things Agreed. But it helps. Yeah, agreed. I feel like you do have to, you have to learn a lot of stuff if you don't naturally have it. I'm not a natural risk taker. I definitely think that's something I continue to work on because I'm still someone who I want to take the risk and then I'll start writing a list of pros and cons (laughs) because it's just the way my brain works. And my brain's like, if you're going to take a risk, make sure it's a calculated risk. I'm not Mm -hmm. like two feet in, 10 toes down, take the leap of like jump. I'm sort of like, okay, two feet in, let's take five minutes to think about it. Okay, let's go now. Like I'm never going to be the person who jumps all the way in straight away without having some sort of argument in my brain first. And there are times when I jump two feet in, don't know how it's going to work because you can't always know how it's going to work. But that is something I've had to learn because when the more you take action, the more your confidence builds, the more you'll be willing to do it when you see the result. So I almost attack risks like scientific experiments. <laughs> let me try it out and see what the outcome is and then depending on that let me try something else it's almost like and for me that's quite calculated whereas a lot of successful entrepreneurs they don't care if it goes tits up it goes tits up they'll invest millions and if it all falls apart it all falls apart and I think what you said was really key being like that will make you grow very quickly very exponentially like But not being like that doesn't mean you won't grow. It might just mean it takes you just a little bit longer. And as long as you're willing to almost wait, as long as you're willing to go at a slower pace, I feel like that's when those attributes, they matter, but they're not the be all and end all. I think having a good feeling about something 
is really something to listen to because I think probably and I say I'm not a natural risk taker but leaving my job to go into coaching probably the biggest risk I've ever taken and actually if I think back to the situation I was in it wasn't super calculated it was it was something that I kind of knew I had an interest in something that I felt like I could do well but it wasn't something I thought about for a long time. It was probably like, had you made sure you had savings? Had you, did you just go like, let's go? I fully jumped yeah, I because I jumped from a place where I was struggling a lot. That was the time when I'd work for an, I'd work for a company for, I think it was three years yeah it was it was three years it was my I graduated I went straight into work I worked there for three years I then got a job with a different company so then the next company I got a job with the owner of that company had come into my uni when I was still doing my degree and he did a talk Mm. and I had volunteered done like a mini internship doing an event for them for the olympics and as part of that i had to go into their office for the morning or for the day when i sat in that office i thought i'm gonna work here like this is where i'm gonna work right i then went back to uni graduated got a job somewhere else three years later i had an interview and i got a job in this place that i'd done the internship in like I'd got that job and I was I remember sitting in the office and I was thinking like I did it like I sat here like four years ago and said I'm gonna work here and And four years later I'm working here within three months I'd had a total breakdown I was having panic attacks my anxiety was like through the roof and I was like I can't do this anymore wow so in my head, this was my job for life. It was where I, it, this was the place where I was going to go to the top. I was going to yeah. travel the world, do an event. This was the dream job. This is what I've been working for. I was finally there. And then all that happened and I was like, what am I going to do now? Wow. <laughs> and then it was coaching myself back to a healthy place and getting really passionate about health and fitness and how it can help mental health. Right. That was the progression for me into being a personal trainer. But that decision from deciding I wanted to do it and actually jumping on a course was about two weeks. Wow. Which for me is fast. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's fast. Yeah. <laughs> so I jumped right back. I jumped right into that course within a couple of weeks. I phoned them. I remember I was on site at an event. And I kind of just had enough. And I spoke to the guy on the phone. I ran outside, spoke to the guy on the phone in the com- in the training company. And he was like, okay, we're starting a course in this month. And it was like a couple of months later. And I was like, right, let me just get me on that course. Wow. And then I went back to my old job whilst I did the course. And then I left and went into coaching. So that, that side of it, going back to my old job, that was planned. Mm-hmm. And I knew that we both had an understanding that I was going into a different career, but I was going to help them train someone in my job so I could transition. Transition. That part was planned, but actually taking a leap into going into a completely different industry was about 
two weeks. Making the decision was like... And actually jumping. Yeah. yeah. And, and buying the course was about two weeks. It's so weird that you said like it was for your own like mental stability. You were like, I have to jump. And the funniest thing is when you think of it, that's the thing that really changed your life for you and moved things. And for me, mine was quitting a job without having another job. That's the only real time I remember taking. And I, and I was at that point, I was a mum. I was a single mum at that point as well. So I'd broken up with my partner. I was doing the single mum thing, which was, and I was like newly a single mum. So it was hard. I was now not sharing bills. I was doing everything myself, but I hated my job. Absolutely mm. hated it. And mentally it was pushing me to my that to the edge and I remember saying it's me or them like I'm not going to lose my mental health for this job and I literally there was no no thought process I remember I left work I cried all the way home got home wrote a resignation and went in and gave a resignation it's the only time I've ever quit a job without having another job I do not recommend it to anyone (laughs) it was very stressful but it was a thing that changed my life. After that, every job I had after that was a job that I loved. Every job I went, I actually went into another job that I didn't like, but within a couple of weeks, I was like, I don't, I don't like it here, I'm leaving. And they were like, what? I was like, you, you micromanage me. And I was much more, it really pushed my confidence. Like, do you feel like when you had that mental, like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And you went through all those emotions and then you made the jump. Do you feel like it helped your confidence? It did help my confidence a lot. Going into coaching helped my confidence obviously more because I was in a position of like more authority, more leadership. You have to be confident to do that kind of job. So that helped my confidence a lot. And actually, this is something that I've never said to anyone, I don't think. And I was actually going to talk about it on my podcast, but this has come first, so you can have first tips. (laughs) (laughs) My boyfriend told me afterwards so when I was already doing well Mm -hmm. and we were kind of talking I think we were just talking one day about like how much more confident I was and like how much I'd changed since changing since becoming um, a coach and he said to me you know it's not something that I wanted to tell you at the time because I wanted to be supportive and I knew you wanted to do it but when you told me that you were gonna be a personal trainer like I was really worried because it just wasn't a job that I thought I could ever see you in because because you're so quiet, because you're so um, shy, because of all the labels that I'd given myself were also the reasons why he thought like he was like he said like I thought I'm like I don't know how she's gonna do it. Yeah. And he was genuinely worried, but he didn't want to say anything because he didn't want to discourage you. Yeah. And that's massive because most people would have discouraged you. Mm-hmm. Like I know for me, like my mom and people around me would have just said like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> the fact that he didn't was actually really, do you feel like if he had have said something to you, it would have changed your decision? Possibly. I, I kind of, I was, I knew that I wanted to do it. I don't think it would have changed my decision. I think I would have done it anyway, but I think I would have done it with a lot more reservation than right. I did. Yes. A lot more fear behind it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I actually wrote a post about this the other day. It, I became so much more confident because I felt like it was where I was supposed to be. Okay, that makes. I sense. was able to. It was almost like I'd come into my own. Yeah. And the ironic thing is, which is something I realised when I was just thinking about it a few weeks ago. The ironic thing is, is that if I'd had 
the level of confidence that I got from being a coach whilst being a coach. Mm-hmm. If I had all the attributes I have now and what I coach people back then, I don't think I would have had that breakdown. Yes. Yes. So it's it for me, it was all about that timing. Yes. And I'm glad that I didn't know what I knew now because I never would have ended up here. Yes. You would have, you would, have, yeah, because you would have already been in a different headspace. So you wouldn't have yeah. got to your push, like to your limit to move mm-hmm. up. Yeah. That that totally and highly makes sense. Like I totally get that. I love though that your boyfriend didn't discourage you. Like I think that's awesome. Yeah. But I also, guys, I want to say to you, the people closest to you aren't always right. Like, let's just be really clear. The people closest to us know us as we are. Their job isn't to see you in any other way than how you've presented yourself over the years that they've known you. So those people will never be able to see you in any other light until you become that person. So I want to remind you that other people's opinions are not your business. (laughs) I say this all the time because the people closest to us will discourage us because they don't know us in any other capacity. They don't know us. They don't, they won't allow us to grow. They don't understand that they're holding us back. But some people will say to you, well, you're not going to be able to do this, 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 because you're shy, because you're an introvert, because you're not loud, because you're not outgoing or the opposite. You're too loud. You're too Mm -hmm. outgoing. There is no way you can do that job. Remember the people closest to us know us one way. It's not your business what they think. It's your business to learn the attributes necessary to do the thing that lights you up. And that's so important. Learn what you need to learn to go and do the thing you want to do. And Ashley said she knew it was where she was meant to be. When you get that feeling, when you know you're meant to be there, and then 10 other voices get in your head and say, no, 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 you can't do it. That's when you're supposed to. That is the moment. And I've realized this more and more in life. When you feel that feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be doing this thing in this place. And then all the voices come to tell me not to. It means I'm on the right track and I need to go and do the thing because it's not often you get that feeling of this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all my dream jobs, when I first started them, that's how I felt. Yeah, it's so true. And I think also remembering that when people are telling you not to do something, they're probably trying to keep you safe. They're they're not doing it to discourage you. They're not doing it to be like mean they're doing it most of the time to keep you safe yes they're doing it because they don't want you to fail and they don't want you to make mistakes but that position of safety isn't necessarily the best place for you to be that's not where you're probably going to find your purpose or your dream job or jobs yeah it's not in that place of safety it's outside of that so just remember that although they're going to give you probably what sounds like sound advice and they are coming from a good place, that's not necessarily what's going to be best for you in the end. Yeah, it's not the place where you'll thrive. And it's also sometimes the place that pushes you to burnout and pushes you to the bad mental health break because you're staying somewhere, you're just not happy. And they don't understand that. And I think that's really important. Other people don't know what's going on in your head. So they're just trying to keep you safe. But that safety is what sometimes pushes you to breaking point. Because mm-hmm. actually the fear that you're scared of, oh my gosh, if I change job, it's going to be even worse. But you're already struggling. 
Mm -hmm. So actually sometimes the the change is what frees you from that like physical and mental struggle. Um, So yeah, people do love you. Like my mum was one of the biggest discouragers when I decided to leave childcare and teaching and go into something else. She was like, you've got a good job. That's what you're qualified to do. She was like, you don't have, as far as she's concerned, you go to, you go and study, you get a qualification and then you go into that job. Like, how am I going to now randomly go to some other job? She was like, I'm ruining my life. But, but she also remembered when she didn't support me the first time. And then she said, I will support you in whatever you need. So go do it now while you're young. She was like, you're 20, don't do it. If it messes up, you can just go back to teaching. And I love that she said that because she reminded me that wherever you currently are is your current starting point. You're not going back to the beginning. You're not going back to when you was at college or uni. You're going back to, if if, if all else fails, you've already reached a certain level in your career. You can, mm-hmm. I always know, no matter what, I can go back to teaching. Yeah. It's so far from my mind and I never, I don't think I ever would. Like I, I never say never. I don't think I ever would, but that was my last point, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, actually, no. My last point is now HR, but if I needed to, I would, even though it feels like a whole different human and a whole different life and a whole different Adele, I would, that's your starting point guys. So when Ashley went from personal coaching, fitness, and now you're a success, the mindset coach, your starting point was you'd already been a fitness coach. Like that's your, like, so it's not like she has to go all the way back to the beginning now and start all over again, get another qualification. And I think that's what people are scared of. We need to go and do more qualifications and we need to go and do more this and we need to go and do more that. And we need to get the experience. No, her transition works because she's already coaching and training and helping people and supporting people. Of course she can transition into coach. She's already a coach. Now she's just coaching a different part of your, now she's coaching your brain, not just your physical and your body. She's coaching your brain and how you feel about yourself and helping you get the success you want. She's helping you with your career. She's helping with your confidence. But her starting point is still personal, as a personal trainer, personal coach. So she doesn't have to, and I think that's really important for people to understand. If you take a leap and you decide you want to try entrepreneurship or you decide you want to change industries, your starting point is wherever you currently are and be comfortable in that. Get peace from the fact that if everything goes tits up, you can go back to where you currently are. <laughs> and wherever you currently are, you're clearly happy. Well, not happy because you wouldn't want to change, but you're, you're, you're safe. Wherever you currently are, you're safe. Because when you're safe, it's why you don't want to leave. Because yeah. you probably have enough money to pay your bills and you've got enough money to do what you need to do and you're living life comfortably. So if you know you're already somewhere where you're safe, if you go and try something and it doesn't work, go back to safety and then try again. <laughs> and then go back if you need to. But keep trying because... It's that moment where you find yourself is that moment where you start to thrive when you just take the leap and just remember that you're safe. Whatever's behind you, you're already safe. You're not going to lose your safety net. I think that's really important sometimes for people to understand. Like, did you ever think in your head, you probably didn't, but did you ever think in your head, if I, if this doesn't work out, I'm still a personal trainer. Like I'm still a coach. Um, I've never actually had that. I know that logically, but I've never, I've never thought that because I think the mindset that I'm in now there's no going back. Yeah. I think once you get on a certain path to something or once you get in a certain mindset, there's no back. There's only like, there's forward, there's left, there's right, there's diagonal. But for me, you're too far away from it. You're too far away from it to go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's there. Like I logically know it's there, but that wouldn't be my, that would be my first choice yeah it would never be to go back it would always be to go to the side (laughs) and the thing is I agree with that I needed to tell myself that I can always go back because that's what made me jump 
But now if you said to me, would you go back? No, I would find another route. That's yeah. always been my thing. My thing is always to find the route to do what I want to do. And like the decision has been made that I'm a coach. So I have to always figure out how to always be this because this is mm-hmm. where I want to be. But yeah. I think to make the move, the thing that was able to push me out of the comfort zone was if everything goes wrong, you can go back. Who even cares? And then it just gave me the, okay, I can leave. <laughs> but I agree with you. Once, you're, once you've passed a certain point, and I think that comes down to also determination and willpower. Once you've passed, mm-hmm. passed a certain point, you're not willing to go back. And I think and that's what's going to I think I've stopped having end goals. Oh, that leads me so nicely to my last question. My last question (laughs) is, do you think you are ever a finished product in your career? No. (laughs) There's no, for me anyway, and I do, I would coach this as well. There's no, there's no end result. There's no end result as a person. There's no end result as a career. There's no end goal. And when there's no end goal, you're more flexible in taking those different paths because this is a really cheesy thing to say, but it's all about the process. The way you grow and the person you become is all about the journey you go on. It's not about the places you get to. Yeah. The places you get to are just places along the way. They're just stop-offs on the way. They don't necessarily make you who you are. It's all about the process. So I think having having goals are useful because it's something to work towards, but they're yeah. not necessarily to be reached. Yeah. There's something to work towards. And, and I think this is one of the reasons why people stop themselves or get confused when they set goals that if something comes, something else comes up along the way, that's not aligned with the goal. They start to question. Yeah. Like, okay, well, this is interesting, but that's not the goal. So let's just ignore that. But no, the goal is just to propel you forward. It's not the place that you need to be. So if something comes up in, in the meantime, on the journey, on the path, that is more aligned or more interesting or that you're more passionate about it doesn't mean that you have to ignore it because it's not on the way to that goal explore still explore it along the way and then that might take you on a different path and on a different path and I think not being too goal orientated even though we talk about goals a lot but we talk about I talk about goals a lot because it's the language that people are used to yes but when I work with people, we don't have an end goal. We don't have an end, a complete end destination. We have an idea of where you want to be and milestones along the way. But it's never a case that we have to get to that end point because that might, what you think is the goal might not actually be what you wanted. What I thought was my dream job is actually not what I wanted. Yeah. But on the journey towards getting there, is where you figured it I out. I found myself on a different path. Exactly. Yeah. I, lo- I love the way I love the way you explain it. I do actually love the way you explain it. I don't ever think you're a finished product in your career because I believe in evolution and I believe that just because I love it now, and even if I love it for another 20 years, doesn't mean I'll love it forever. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I'm a very goal-orientated person. I will say that. Like I set a goal and I've got to hit it, but I agree with you. I always teach 
that your goals should be flexible because on the way to the goal, everything can change. My goal was to open my own nursery and run my own business and have a nursery eventually, maybe one day, or it was to be a senior ops director um, within like Ofsted and stuff like that. That was all, those were the, those were the two goals that I had. (laughs) I'm nowhere near doing either of those things. And I never will be because along the way, something more interesting came up and exploration in your career is key. Exploration in your life is key because the more you explore, you might just find your rock star hidden under there. Like you might just find the thing you're meant to do. So I believe in setting the big overall goal, as in, I always say to my client, who do you want to be? How does she feel? What does she do every day? Those are the goals you should say. I don't, we don't, even though people come to me and they're like, I want to be more confident and I want to, I want a career in this. I'm like, okay, cool. But that's not what we always end up. One of my clients, she came to me and was like, I need a job with better money because I want to move and get a bigger house. Cool. By the time we finished, eight weeks later, she was running, running her own business and earning three times as much as she was when she was in employment. But when she came to me, the goal was to go into more employment with better money. Like it was never to start her business. But when we started talking, we started exploring. She was like, well, one day I wouldn't mind. And this is the woman I want to be long-term. And that's what we spoke about. How does she feel? Who is she? Where does she go? Like, who's the big picture you? Okay, let's figure out the small milestones on the way. But if you divert, it doesn't matter. Because I always say to my client, if something comes up, think of the biggest picture. Does it matter if you don't hit the little goals? Because what's the big, who are you in the biggest picture? Will this help you get to the thing that's going to make you really happy? Then go do that. (laughs) Like literally go do that. Like it doesn't have to have an end goal. And I agree with you. There doesn't have to be a specific end goal. There should just be a picture of how life gets to be for you. Like we all have a picture of what we kind of want life to Mm. be. Um, but that doesn't, it shouldn't restrict you to places, people, anything like that. It should be like more about a feeling. Who do you want to, how do you want to feel? Like when I deal with confidence, how do you want to feel about yourself? How do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning, when you interact with people? Like, where are you when you see yourself long-term? Not where are you in the next five years? Because mm, it will this change. Is like, this is like exactly like the future you coaching. This is like, what I do with clients it's not necessarily and this is actually the course I launched it's today actually oh, um, tell the people about it tell the there. people about it what's the course <laughs> tell them so it's open to VIPs I know this isn't going out today but um it's build your dream life and the way I've built it it's not it's not a how-to course it's not a how to start your own business it's not a how to get a promotion it's not a how to get a better job because they're all specific goals they might not be the goals that you want it how to strengthen your mindset how to find your purpose how to build habits how to build confidence because these are all the things these are all the foundational things that you're going to need when you decide what it is you want so whether you want it whether you decide to go for a promotion whether you decide to start your own business whether you decide to start your side hustle whether you decide to go freelance whatever it is you decide to do as long as you've got the fundamental mindset and the skills and the strategies you can transfer that to whatever you decide you want to do with your life I love that I love so that so that's why it's not to do with a specific goal because the goals change the goalposts will change all the times and the milestones will change all the time but as long as you can have 
a solid mindset as long as you know how to keep taking action, how to work through your fear, how to keep building confidence, how to identify what habits you need, how to build habits, how to scrap habits, how to have boundaries. You'll be able to transfer that to whatever the goal is at whatever the point is in your life. I love that. And that's the foundational stuff that I think that people miss. They focus on the thing. Yeah, and not how you need to get to the thing. Yeah, not the person you need to be for the thing. They just focus on the thing. I love so that it. when they try and get the thing or when they do get the thing, they're still not happy because they're still the same person. It's the person you need to check become. Who do you need to be to get the things you want? Oh my God, yeah. guys, listen, you need to be on this course. I know this is going out in a few weeks, so it would already have been, you would have probably done all the trainings and everything else, but I'm sure people will be able to potentially access it afterwards. So guys, like that is so key. Who you become, if you, it's not about changing who you are, but if you evolve in you first, getting the getting the stuff you want becomes so much easier. Like my post that I put out that says your confidence qualifies you. People went mad and they were saying to me, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Because when you do the inner work and you become that confident person, all those dreams that you thought were so hard, you're just like, oh my God, that's so easy. It's because you change, not the goal doesn't change. You have to change first. And I think that's so important. Otherwise, like you said, you get to the goal and you hate it. Oh, I love it. This I feel like I've said I love it. This whole podcast, every other <laughs> sentence has been, oh my God, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. People are going to be thinking I'm so strange. But I absolutely do. I always, always, always love speaking to Ashley. Um, I feel like she always has such great insight. I feel like she always is so honest and so direct. She does, she cuts out all the BS and all the fluff. And that's what I love. And that's what I appreciate in people. I appreciate people that don't put on airs and graces and put on a show and tell, and they tell you just as it is. We didn't come on here and give you the normal how to become an entrepreneur. We told you the realness of what we've got. And the thing is, when other people tell you the other way, that's true for them. And I genuinely believe some people born and they know they're going to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't work that way for all of us. Some of us will genuinely evolve and end up here without ever planning to be here. And I think that's what's really important. Working on the woman you want to become and then letting everything else fall into life. So that's so important. And that's what I want to leave you guys with. I want to thank you, Ashley, for joining me. Um, It has been amazing. We've done like an hour and 20 minutes because whenever we talk, it always goes really, really long. Um, But guys, I hope this has really helped someone. If you want to know more about um, myself or Ashley, I'm going to let Ashley let you know her handle so that you can find her on Instagram. So let people know, Ashley, where they can find you. Um, it's at ashleyspencer.lifestyle and Ashley spelt with L-E-Y. Fabulous. And guys, you know already, this is Adele, Coach Adele T. You can find me on Instagram or atenrich.com. It has been great. This has been 542 because we are not going to trade five days of misery for two days of fun. Thank you. I hope this episode gave you exactly what you needed and motivated you to confidently take steps towards your next career move. If you enjoyed it, screenshot and share it on your socials, tag me on Instagram and come join my community of amazing women working on levelling up their confidence and career. Thanks for listening and see you next time.